How are your eyes, friends? How is your sight? We want to talk about things of a spiritual nature today, and what we're going to do is take an account in the life of Christ, and let's see how we are seeing, if you will. That's today from the International Gospel Hour. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For almost 90 years, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour, starting now. I am bound for the promised land. Well, greetings and hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour this week. This is our weekly, lengthy 30-minute program, more or less, and we're grateful that you've joined us for this in-depth study. We appreciate our Jay Webb and his kind words, and you'll hear from Jay throughout our broadcast of the things that we offer from International Gospel Hour for your further study. Let's consider John 9, verses 1 through 11 as we begin. When the Bible says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He answered and said, A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and I received sight. What a beautiful, beautiful account in the life of Christ. And those who knew this man asked the obvious question, How were your eyes opened? I mean, this was very impressive. The man had been blind from birth, and now he sees, and he simply did what Jesus said. So, friends, I want to build from this and ask the question in a spiritual sense, how are your eyes? How were your eyes opened, or are they opened? You know, we need to be on guard and watching constantly. Listen to what Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. When we think about how he wishes to devour us, let's think about those two words, be sober, a word that means free from intoxicants, of course, but a meaning within of watching, being alert. How are your eyes spiritually? Are you watching because the devil is? He is seeking after you, and he's seeking after me. The word vigilant is a word that means to be alert spiritually or keeping alert or watching, watching as God gives us provision to help us stay alert. How are your eyes, friends? How's your sight spiritually? God provides to battle. 
the adversary Satan and gives to us what we need. We need to be sober and vigilant people. So let's think about this today. And again, spiritually speaking, we're going to ask the question, how are your eyes? How are our eyes? Are they evil or good? Let's begin our study in just a moment. But first, our J-Webb. Friends, you've listened to us over the air and online for years. And now you can see the International Gospel Hour program on our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and put International Gospel Hour in the search engine, and it will take you there. Please subscribe and click on the bell. You'll be notified each time a program is uploaded. It's free. Subscribe on YouTube today. How are your eyes? Are they adulterous eyes? You know, Jesus said in Matthew 5:28, But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Oh, how we think of the horrid story, the account of David in Second Samuel 11 and verse 4, who sent messengers and took Bathsheba and to his house, and how he committed fornication with her. You see, friends, David had adulterous eyes, he was looking where he should not have been. Peter speaks of those in Second Peter 2.14, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. Dear friends, adulterous eyes look where they should not look and will go where they should not go, know where they even plan to go. One look from David to Bathsheba. Dear friends, eyes that will not cease from sin, they continue to go and go further. How are your eyes? Friends, how are your eyes? Are they envious eyes? From 1 Samuel 18, 8 and 9, we find where Saul was very angry, and the saying displeased him, and he said, They have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? And the Bible says, So Saul eyed David from that day forward, meaning he looked with envy because of the praise David received. Rather than rejoice for the good David was doing, Saul became envious. It became his downfall eventually. In 1 Timothy 6, 3-5, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness... He is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such, withdraw yourself. Dear friends, envious eyes, they are envious They desire things other than what is good. May I ask a third question? How are your eyes? Are they critical eyes? You know, in Matthew 7 and verse 3, Jesus talked about being critical or judgmental in the wrong way. He even asked, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Jesus said, you have it far worse than your brother. Or Romans 14.10, But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.28 teaches, Let a man examine himself. When we think about that, friends, and that deals with the Lord's Supper. 
But should we not examine ourselves and look upon ourselves and cease being critical of others? How are your eyes, friends? Here's a fourth question. How are your eyes? Are they covetous eyes? In Acts 8, 18 and 19, Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But you see, that wasn't his purpose in life, friends. In John two fifteen and 16, Jesus made a whip of cords and drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. You see, friends, people desiring to do things outside of what God would have them to do. We're reminded in 1 Timothy 6.10 that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So many times we have said, well, the love of money is the root of all evil, or money is the root of all evil. But friends, it's the love of money. It's where we put that as our number one priority, and it strays us from the faith. In Ephesians 5.3, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness that did not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. How in the world can you put covetousness in the same category as fornication? I can tell you why, because God did it. All uncleanness. Colossians 3, 5, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is adultery. Friends, let's spend a few moments right here and think on this part. Are our eyes covetous eyes? Are we desiring the things in life that we need not to desire? Have we made our father's house or our house a house of merchandise to where we covet and desire more and more for happiness rather than the true happiness and the blessings that can come from God? You see, friends, covetous eyes can get us in a lot of trouble and move us away from God because, after all, covetousness, which is idolatry, we could ask the question, how are your eyes? Are they eyes of idolatry? They were looking for happiness elsewhere other than to God. Let's ask another question. How are your eyes, friends? Are they closed eyes? You know, there were those in the days of Jesus that Jesus taught and said that these were individuals in whom the prophecy of Isaiah was fulfilled. In Matthew thirteen, fourteen, and 15, he speaks of that prophecy, and he says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. Jesus said, here are individuals who are closing their eyes. They wish not to see. And you know, Peter speaks of those who need to grow in their faith. But he speaks of those in 1 Peter 1 and verse 9 who were lacking things listed earlier, such as virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Peter said in 1 Peter 1, 9, He who lacks these things is short-sighted even to 
blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Of course, Peter is spe- of course rather Peter is speaking there spiritually. An individual that is not growing in virtue and knowledge and self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness and love is short-sighted even to blindness. They are slowly deteriorating spiritually how they see. Their eyes are closed. And later in Second Peter 3, 5, he speaks of those that willfully forget and how they will become blind. Yes, friends, these evil eyes we need to avoid. For the direction they take us, the trouble they cause us, and the sin and suffering brought forth result in no joy, no peace, and no salvation. Dear friends, we do not want adulterous eyes. We certainly don't want to have eyes of adultery and desire things, but the scary part of that is how it can take an individual further. We think, well, it doesn't hurt to look, or as the old saying is, it doesn't hurt to look at the menu if you don't order. Friends, we're not talking about food. We're talking about looking on someone whom we cannot have But don't think Satan will not work that. That should frighten us and make certain that when we have eyes of adultery and we look where we should not and we see where it could very well go and what it did for David. How about envious eyes to where we are envious of others who are doing well and then critical of them? We certainly don't want critical eyes. Eyes that unnecessarily judge one another, or covetous eyes. Eyes of idolatry, or eyes that we want to find happiness elsewhere. And as we just noticed, closed eyes, to where we, again, have no desire, or look away, and not look upon the things God will give us. Once again, friends, these evil eyes we've mentioned, we need to avoid. Again, they take us in a direction that we do not want to go. They will cause us trouble that we do not have time available to deal with it. And the sin and suffering brought forth, there's no joy, no peace, and no salvation. Now, we're going to come back after our brief break when our our J-Web will come and tell you a little bit about our website. But we're going to come back and look at the kind of eyes that God would have us to have. Here is our J-Web. Our website is internationalgospelhour.com. That's internationalgospelhour.com. Please check it out and listen to our other broadcasts. Learn more of our history. Download our app. Request our newsletter and ask for our free Bible study by mail. Also, check out our free resources available from our fellow laborers in the gospel. Yes, friends, all for you through our website at internationalgospelhour.com. Okay, then, let's continue today's study. Now, friends, let's talk about the sight that we need to have. How are your eyes? Are they compassionate eyes? Oh, friends, think of the joy we have of two wonderful parables from the teachings of Jesus Christ. In Luke 10, verse 33, Jesus mentions of the certain Samaritan who came where the man had been beaten And when he saw him, he had compassion. How many times do we use the phrase, that individual is a good Samaritan? 
It all began when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and that compassion moved him to serve. Oh, what about the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15, and especially verse 20, when he arose and came to his father. The Bible tells us how that he came to himself, and how he was ragged in that hog pen as he was feeding the hogs, and how he would desire to have the husk that the swine did eat. But yet he was hungry, and no man gave. When he came to his father, the Bible says, when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now the account there is the one having compassion is God. The Samaritan, the one having compassion, is the Christ and the teaching that we need to have compassion on others. When we are compassionate upon others, that's a sign that we're willing to give and help. How are your eyes, friends? Are they compassionate? And you seek the good. Remember, in the parable of the prodigal son, the father is God, and we're the ones that need to come to him. When we do, he is there for us. When we come to God through Christ in simple trusting faith, repenting of our sins and confessing our faith in Christ, and we're buried with him in baptism, to have those sins washed away, Acts 22.16, raised to walk in a newness of life, Romans 6.4 and 5, imagine how thankful we are for the compassion of God, that now we can live the kind of life and be placed into the church of which we read of in the New Testament. Next question, how are your eyes? Are they faithful eyes? L- listen to some highlights of these verses. How about Hebrews 12, 1 and 2? Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Did you note, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You see, friends, when we are obedient to the gospel, as mentioned moments ago, we are to be faithful unto God and to keep our eyes on the faith. How about a good example of Abraham in Hebrews 11, verses 8 through 10, that said, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and as he went out, not knowing where he was going, By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Abraham obeyed. You see, he had faithful eyes. When he looked upon what God had said, he obeyed God. Dear friends, faith should move us to obey God. People say, well, faith alone is all we need. Well, James chapter 2 reminds us that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Now, context there is teaching that the works express the obedient faith of an individual, those who were already obedient and faithful. Dear friends, James is not advocating we're saved by works, 
but he shows how works do play a part in expressing our faith. And faith that obeys is biblical faith. How about Matthew 14, beginning with verse 28, when Peter saw Jesus walking on the water and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on the water to go to Jesus. But now watch what happened when he looked away from Jesus. When he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. Peter looked away. He looked at the storms and not the Savior. So friends, I ask you a question. Once again, how are your eyes? Are they faithful eyes? How are your eyes? Are they sympathetic? In John eleven thirty three through 35 Jesus saw Mary and Martha weeping, the Jews who came with her weeping. He said, Where have you laid him, meaning of Lazarus? And they said, Lord, come and see. And the Bible tells us how Jesus wept. Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He, after all, he did tell his apostles, let us go that we may awake him out of his sleep. But yet Jesus wept. He was sympathetic how he reached out to others. Oh, how he looked upon Jerusalem and pled in Matthew twenty-three thirty-seven. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Jesus said, Jerusalem, you did not listen to me. Now, how thankful we are for the same sympathetic eyes that look upon us. And how thankful that he is there for us. You know, friends, should we not have sympathy upon others? Think about how far that would go. We have a couple of more. How about, how are your eyes? Are they hopeful eyes? Romans eight eighteen through 19 to the Christian for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. And how our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 3.20 That eagerness, the hopefulness, or the hopeful, or rather, I'm sorry, the eager and the hope that we have in Christ as Christians. How are your eyes, friends? Are they hopeful eyes? Finally, how are your eyes? Are they open eyes? You know, in John nine ten, remember from our account we read as we began our broadcast, they said to him, How were your eyes opened? And in Luke twenty four forty five we see where Jesus opened the understanding of the apostles that they might comprehend the Scriptures. And in Acts 17 and verse 11 of those who were more noble or fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, speaking of those in Berea, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the Scriptures daily whether those things they were hearing were so. In other words, they had open eyes. They had an open heart. They wanted to know more. Friend, may I ask you a question? Do you need to know a little more? We are blessed to offer a free Bible course. All of our offerings here from International Gospel Hour are free. 
Now, this Bible course, we have some that we offer online, but this Bible course we will mail to your house. We hope that you'll give it a try. Would you love to have eyes that are open unto what God has said? To create the hope and to see the sympathetic eyes upon you and the compassionate eyes where your eyes can be faithful and turn unto God? It all begins with desiring to know more. Here is our J-Web with the information of how you can receive your free Bible course by mail. Friends, the International Gospel Hour offers for free a Bible study course available by mail. That's right. At your own pace, you can study the Bible in your own home. It's free. Give it a try. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. That's it. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things that be of God. And friends, we really want you to give this Bible study a try. And again, we offer a variety of study tools here from International Gospel Hour. We'll be glad to help you every way that we can. If you reach out to us for study material and you do not receive it in an amount of time or a reasonable amount of time, please call us back at 855-444-6988 and we will work that out and we will take care of that for you. We want you to receive what we offer from here and we will help you every way possible. Now, today we talked about how are your eyes, and I want you to know that this lesson is in a beautiful chart form created on a bed sheet many years ago. You have to see it to appreciate it, but if you'll go to our social media, International Gospel Hour at Facebook or Instagram, or if you'll go to Twitter or X, if you will, at our underscore gospel You can see that for yourselves. It will be out there later today. Thank you for tuning in to our broadcast of the International Gospel Hour. I'm always honored that you've joined me, and I hope you'll study with me. Together, we'll study at another time. Thanks for joining me. I'm Jeff Archie, and as always, friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. To God goes all the glory. And we hope that our study today will draw you closer to His Word to walk in His way. To listen to it again or other broadcasts, please visit our website at internationalgospelhour.com. God be with you.